Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Today on With the First Pick, Rick, no Pete Briscoe today. That's good news based on the comments of how things went in the first episode. But we're here from Indianapolis, day two, Combine. We're going to talk about Caleb Williams and some comments he made about potentially playing for the Bears and how we should read those. We're going to talk about some of the interviews we had today. We talked to Dallas Turner, Leatu Latu, uh, Byron Murphy, among others. And then maybe, depending on how Debo feels, we might do a little something after the break. But first things first, Rick, let's talk about Caleb Williams because he had some comments uh, about how he might be interested in playing for the Bears, but he also might be interested in playing for teams that aren't the Chicago Bears. At two, Washington has Cliff uh, Kingsbury, who he has a relationship with from their time at USC. At three, the Patriots, they need a quarterback, and there are about eight other teams that need quarterbacks before you even get to pick 2021. Should we read anything into what Caleb was saying? And I'll tell you what it is for people who are listening. If I get drafted by the Bears, I'll be excited. If they trade the pick and I get drafted by someone else, I'll be just excited. It's like talking to Spielman. <laughs> Speaking about Chicago, they have a talented team, a talented offense and defense. For anyone to be in that situation, I think they'd be excited. Uh, for me, it feels like what I said to you earlier. The day before, we had the GMs and coaches go up there and say a bunch of nothing, which is something you used to do a lot of, and you couldn't read anything into that. Why are we reading anything into what Caleb just said? Just because people are going to, anytime you're the number one quarterback, probably going to come off the board, the number one overall pick how special of a talent that he is, potential franchise quarterback for many years to come for some organization, everything you say is going to get scrutinized. And I thought he did a phenomenal job, unlike some of our other colleagues thought today, that did it the politically correct way. So if it is Chicago and he ends up there, the Chicago Bear fans are ecstatic at what he said. If they trade out, and someone else moves up to the first overall pick, he'd be excited to play for them as well. So I thought he did a great job with the statement he came out with today. So we'll get a chance to talk to Caleb later in the week. I'll, I'll ask you to rank these things in matter in the matter in terms of how much you care about them. You, it sounds like the comments you could care less about if you're interviewing him in a couple of days. No, yeah, I thought I thought in fact I thought it was great that the way he did comment. So I give him kudos for being able to handle the media because if you're at that position. You know you're going to be in front of the camera. He has a maturity to handle all those type of questions. And what if he's in one of the interviews with the teams and they said, why did you cry after the game up in the stands in your mom's arms? What is that? I think that I think you're, again, overreacting to everything this kid has to go through. And when you're on that type of pedestal, everybody's watching every move you make. I mean, if he comes out of the tunnel wrong and he tripped over right. a wire, 
coming out. Is that because he's a non-athlete? And then <laughs> let's get rid of him because he can't get over a wire coming out of a tunnel. I just think everybody at this time of year especially is overreacting to a lot of things that aren't important. What's most right. important when you go back to is what do you see on tape and what do you think that player can do for your franchise? And the thing about crying after the game, I don't care about that. But the other side of that coin people complain about or would have complained about, if he decided to wrap it up in week eight or nine when it was clear that they were going to be out of it and just prepare for the draft, he would still be the first overall pick. But that would be a talking that point. That would be a talking point. Right. But even though they struggled and didn't have the year they right. had, he continued to go out there and play and prepare and play as hard as he could to help his team win. And we said at the podcast after the Notre Dame game where he played terribly in the first half, we were both excited, maybe isn't the right word, but the way he played in the second half and came back made us feel better about who he was as a player. Because of the adversity he had to go through. Right. And a lot of times if a player has a poor first half or a poor game, I always wanted to see how they responded the next week. This kid responded in the second half and played much better. So all the mistakes that he made, the forced uh, throws that were intercepted, not a Caleb Williams type game and everybody's going to have an off day. But that didn't affect him when he came out of that locker room in the second half. Even though they lost, he kept on battling. And the thing, they lost that game, but it may be a situation where you're in a game where now you're playing well, you give your team an opportunity to come back and have a chance to win at the end. The other thing I want to ask in terms of things that you are or are not worried about, painting his fingernails. Do you care about that? No. If it helps him throw the ball better, please paint him. <laughs> so he's still going to be the first quarterback taking first overall pick? Yeah, I have no doubt about that. And if the Bears do trade out, whoever's trading up is going to go get Caleb Williams. Okay. No, we've heard a lot of talk about Jaden and Drake and J.J. McCarthy, but it's still Caleb. It's all Caleb. Caleb. And the funny thing is we were saying that back in September and October when you, when producer Debo sent the tweet out about you saying he was better than any player ever, including Peyton Manning and Andrew Luck combined. I said that he was better <laughs> oh, okay, than sorry. Andrew Luck. I said <laughs> Peyton Manning, and I was like, eh. But Andrew Luck, I think he's better coming out of college than when Andrew Luck came out of Stanford. And you said that at the time, and I didn't disagree with you, and people were fired up, and then there was talk about Drake going first, Jaden going first, and now we're back to Caleb being first. And Caleb will end up being first. Exactly. And right. the one thing, if I can share. I would love for you to share. I watched the fall wedding on Hallmark last night, <laughs> and I did cry too, So, but you let me still come on the podcast. I didn't know you cried, otherwise we would end the podcast <laughs> right now. Uh, I was more upset by the fact, now that you cried at the Hallmark show, but that you were asleep by 7.15. <laughs> yeah. That was the terrible part. Oh, okay, sorry. All right, we also talked to some fine young men today, both edge rushers and uh, defensive linemen. Let's start with uh, Dallas Turner. And for folks who've been following the podcast for a while, we know uh, you know back in the fall, talked to Will Anderson Jr. and asked him about Dallas. And the first thing he said, he eventually got to the point where – where Dallas is a fantastic player and said he's actually a little better than I was coming out of Alabama by the time he was all said and done. But he started with he was super fat when he showed up, and I was surprised how athletic he was. So I asked Dallas about that, and I thought he had a good answer. But the bigger takeaway for me, we talked about some of the quarterbacks he had to face, and he said Jaden Daniels is a problem. And that registered with me because there's a chance LSU had won that game had Dallas not knocked Jaden out at the end of the third quarter, early fourth quarter. Yeah, because he was having a great game, and there was no question. And, and when you watch that, and just Jaden Daniels, and Dallas ex expressed it, that he has a unique trait, and that's his ability to run the ball and make plays with his legs. And that showed up in that Alabama game, and not except for the great effort that Dallas Turner had on that play. Who knows how that game would have turned out if Jaden Daniels would have finished that game. 
and uh, you are wishy-washy on this, but Dallas Turner is now is, remains your edge one. Yeah, he's always been my edge one. Well, we were talking about Jared Verse, and I I like Jared Verse a lot. Okay, but I do think Dallas Turner. If you looked at him, I thought, and I agreed with Will Anderson. He had a more Dallas Turner was more productive in college than Will Anderson, especially last year compared to this year. And Will Anderson ended up being defensive rookie of the year. That's true. And again, our colleague who we don't like to name thought Will Anderson was going to be explosive enough to play edge rusher. They were explosive. And the other thing that we talk about with Will Anderson, no one's talking about the Texans trading up to get him. A lot of times you can like the Panthers trade up. People are talking about that for obvious reasons. No one cares that Will Anderson cost the Pan- the uh, Texans what they did because he was so good. Yeah, and they knocked it out of the park last year. I mean, if you told me, regardless if I traded up or not traded up, but I have on my team for the next four or five years before I have to pay them, C.J. Stroud and Will Anderson, I'm a pretty happy Houston Texans fan. And Tank Dell's on that team, and um, by the end of this draft cycle, you'll come around on smaller wide receivers. So. I always like smaller wide receivers oh that go. can run fast and can actually catch the ball. And are named Tank. <laughs> All right, another uh, player we talked to, Leatu Latu. Medicals went quick. What does that mean? Well, it could mean very good or very bad. And when we had him on a set today, he talked about, yeah, there were other guys that were in the medicals a lot longer than I was. And that means that everybody that checked him out may have been okay with his neck because that's the biggest concern coming here uh, to the combine. Or some teams may have looked at it and said, no way, this guy's going to be off our board. So we took it as that he's passing the physicals with flying colors. We won't know that. Some teams may have, other teams may not. The one thing you have to know is that even you have all these medicals and you talk to your doctors and your medical experts, they're still making a subjective decision on a player as well. So they can have all the medical evidence, but it's amazing how different teams will tolerate an injury and other teams won't tolerate that same injury. Right, so he started at Washington, transferred, had to retire, then transferred to UCLA. I didn't know that he played with Puka Nakua, and but also played with Trent McDuffie at Washington. That sounds like a pretty good football team. Any similarities between Jalen Phillips coming out, who was at UCLA, had to retire, transferred to the U, and there was a first-round pick. He suffered an injury unrelated to the one that was concerned coming out. He had the Achilles, uh, I believe, with ACL, one or the other. I can't remember which. Do you remember? Oh, yeah. No, I can't remember the injury, but I remember but coming out. Yeah, Jalen Phillips coming out, and I remember going to that pro day down at the University of Miami, and it may be the best pro day I've ever seen a oh, defensive okay. end edge rusher with everything that he went through that day and what great shape he was in. I think he's still going to be one of the premier edge rushers in this league if he can stay healthy. Again, he got hurt this year, which cost him some time, but I thought he was going to be a breakout player. If you're going to compare the two, just from a football standpoint, I think Latu is a little bit more polished as a pass oh, okay. rusher on how he uses his hands, how he prevents getting locked on uh, by offensive linemen. He can bend the edge. He knows where the quarterback is, where Jalen Phillips was still learning that, but just a freak athlete. Maybe a little longer, Jalen? A little longer, but I would say I would give the athleticism to Phillips. I would give the yep. technician part of it to Latu. And, again, Latu went to the – uh, senior Bowl, which he didn't have to do. Got some Montez Sweat vibes. He went to the Senior Bowl and absolutely blew that up. He ran into the four threes, I believe, low four fours when he was here. And um, to be safe, Latu said, I'll run in the four sevens. But I think 
like four five something. Yeah, else he's going to run lower than four seven. Yeah, he he's a fantastic player. Everybody's very humble when they come up and you ask them what they're going to run in the forty. Yeah, no one said a four two. Like no one's gone the other way and just been crazy about it. They've 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 guarded against uh, maybe a bad time, but I don't suspect that from him. And you've said this a couple times today, Jared Verse, Dallas Turner, Leatu Latu, top eleven picks. Yeah, I think they all go and they. Uh, you can see the first one go out to the Atlanta Falcons. Then right after that, Chicago picks at number nine. Yep. That can be where the next edge rusher goes. And then with the Minnesota Vikings, depending on what they do, if they stick at 11, they're losing to Nell Hunter. Uh, uh, Davenport's out. Also, DJ Wanham. They need an edge rusher, especially with Flores' defense. So I could see one of those three going there at 11 as well. So now we talk to... And we spent a lot of time talking about him in the fall once he got going. Byron Murphy II, the defensive lineman out of Texas, another humble young man. And he, I asked him, I said, were there any interior offensive linemen you went up against that you struggled against? Because I didn't, essentially, I didn't struggle against anyone. But Cooper Beebe did a pretty good job out of Kansas State. Is there a chance that he sneaks in there before all three of the, the edge rushers you just talked no, about? he's not going to go in on top 11. He's pretty good, Rick. I know, but he's going to go, I think, between him and Newton from Illinois. Yeah. I think, depending on how all the interviews go and the workouts go, that he, everybody's had Newton on as their number one defensive tackle off the board, but I thought this kid played phenomenal. I think he may even be a little bit more explosive as an athlete than yeah. Newton. Newton can do everything very well, play the run, rush the passer. This kid has some unique pass rush inline traits that everybody's looking for. When he came on a stage, I was shocked at how thick he was through his lower body. Everybody thinks he's small when you're standing next to every play. Uh, Travandre Sweat, yeah. you, everybody's going to look small. But when he came on the stage, I was a little bit taken back on his physical stature and how big and how thick he is through his lower. When you see that, then you know that that's what you see with the explosion part of his game on the tape. Are his calves bigger than my calves, you think? Yeah, oh, yeah. They're, okay. they're, they're bigger than your entire body. Yeah. Uh, you rarely comment on – you have a thing about wrist size is one of the things you look for in the bigger players, but you were pretty excited yeah. as, you, as you saw his calf muscles on his way out to his, his next, uh, next stop. His size, everything from his waist on down was built like a Pro Bowl defensive tackle. Oh, and our buddy Pete Prisco called him Justin Matabike, told him that as he was uh, – Pete was walking by, and he goes, oh, thank you. But your comp, he actually had heard a lot. Yeah. Uh, Grady Jarrett from uh, Atlanta Cup when he came out. and Why was Grady a fourth-round pick? I think because then it was the size okay. and the way the game was played. Right. But now with the, the game becoming more of a space game and inline pass rushers have always been important, but these smaller guys probably started with Aaron Donald. Yep. And then you see a lot of these pass rushers that weren't even considered to maybe to the second, third, fourth round uh, now – getting moved up to the first round because how important it is for the defenses to be able to have an inline player that can pressure and rush the passer. I'm just going to throw a number out and you can tell me over under. 488-40. Under. Oh, you think so? Under. Oh, boy, oh, boy. All right. Let's talk about another young man. This is now – I liked him a lot coming into this week. After the way he treated you, he is now a top ten pick for me. <laughs> Brayden Fisk out of Florida State. Uh, we talk, he talked, told us about his journey from Western Michigan. His coach got fired, got in the portal, got a ton of phone calls, and he was excited to, to go with Mike Norvell in Florida State. Ended up being, he said, the best decision he's ever made. And number one, his get-off and his, 
the energy with which he plays is second to none. And you talked about having short arms, and uh, I think you said probably 31 inches, or yeah. was that the official? Yeah, I think it was 31 inches down to senior bowl. Two inches longer than Kalajikansi, so there's that. But he also said a coach once told him be A-plus at something, and his high motor is, is that A-plus. I think he's a top 100 guy. Are you there? I think with what he did down at the senior bowl and the way he dominated some of those one-on-one pass rush situations, that that probably moved him in from a Thursday or a Saturday pick into a Friday pick, and I could see him going in the third round. So he played three technique, played um, in between the guard and the tack, uh, in between the, the tackle and the guard, and also some five technique. Where are you playing him at the next level? I think he's going to be an inside three technique. Okay. Um, you know, the one thing that kind of stuck out to me on, he knows what his deficiencies are, and he knows what yeah. he has to do to overcome them. So he's very self-aware of whether it's the short arms or whatever teams are telling them. And he had a great answer in one of the best interviews we had today. Uh, Okay, if you're going to tell me I have short arms, then I know I've got to beat that guard off the snap quickly, and I've got to get into him before he gets into me. And it's all over the tape when you watch him play. Uh, And the motor, and it feels like – and, you, you know, when you do have the scouts, they, they know the backstory of these young men by the time it gets to your desk as a general manager. But when you're talking to him and you feel the energy coming off of him, you get the sense that all he cares about is football. Yeah, and it's going to be one of those guys that may not be as pretty as some of these other guys running around in shorts here at the Combine. Yeah. But when you put a bucket on his head and some pads, <laughs> he's going to show up and be a pretty good football Devo player. Devo like that joke. Uh, all right, four nine five. For Braden Fisk in the 40. I think he'd be very, very happy under five flat. And I think I don't care what he runs. He's no. so he's such a good player. Is there a Rolodex comp for him? Boy, that's a, that's a tough one right off the top of my head. He's a rare – you don't see a lot of Braden Fisks out there. I will say, as I said, he's he's my first rounder because I uh, we had to ask him some social media questions. He said one of the shows he's watched, binge watched recently was Ozark, which is a great show. I don't, I don't think you've seen that yet. Uh, and then he turned to you and said, this guy definitely watches MASH. And, that, and the lioness on Paramount+. Plus. <laughs> <laughs> but we were talking to uh, your your buddy, um, Pete Versich, who's now, um, you were with him in Minnesota, and now he's he's doing uh, color for the, the Vikings radio network. But he said that's something that sometimes you want to hear from players. You want them to give it back to you a little bit as opposed to just sitting there and taking it. Yeah, no, and a lot of times, and you have to be careful because – you don't want to get HR violations or anything from the law <laughs> when you interview these players. Yeah. And in fact, the league will send out what you can and can't ask during these Because historically, there have been some stuff that's gotten yeah, out that hasn't get, been great. Yeah, it gets a little bit across the line. Yeah. So you have to be very careful on the type of questions you ask, especially in these private in-person interviews. And I always made sure that before coaches and scouts came to the Combine, or even went to any of the all-star games, these are the rules. If you have a question, ask me, and I will tell you the best way to answer that without getting us on headlines across the nation for violating something in the uh, HR category. Debo, can you imagine that you have to ask Rick first whether a question makes sense or not <laughs> in order not to get arrested? <laughs> Holy Moses. Are you going to now petition the league not to have people ask questions about MASH? Is that next up on the list? No, I enjoyed that. You had a good yeah. laugh at I it. I had to watch MASH because we only had three channels growing up, and MASH was on one of them. <laughs> the thing is, I'm not that – I we only had three channels for a moment, too, before there was a cable thing, but that's a conversation for another time. I mean, yesterday we were talking Walter Matthau and Jack Lemon, so that's where we are. All right, Rick, great news. We're going to take a quick break and we come back. It sounds like we got some bold predictions to do. Last year, your bold predictions were terrible. Mine were great. 
So this year, hopefully you can do better. All right, back right after this. All right, Rick, we're back. Bold prediction time. I had uh, Debo send me a bold prediction from last year. All I know is that yours were terrible and mine were hundreds. Really? What was I think my bold prediction? I think one, a lot of the problem was, and we've sort of amended them this time. Last year we had like so-and-so. Again, will, Debo not being very clear with the rules in the – well, he didn't know who was going to work out and not work out. And last year, we said so and so would run a four two eight. So and so chose not to run. Right. Uh, I said Anthony Richardson sub four five. You guys made fun of me. That's like saying he was going to run under three minutes. No one made fun of you. Uh, you're right. I, I was just dreaming that. All right, let's get to this year's bowl predictions because these, I think, yours are a little better than they were last year. You want to go first? Or you want me to go well, first? Yeah, but I don't know why my bowl predictions would be bad last year. I'll look it up while you talk, and then we'll discuss. Okay. Do you want me to tell you your bowl prediction? Yes. Okay. You got the paper in front of you, but I'll read it for you, sir. <laughs> J.J. McCarthy will make the strongest impression of any quarterback of the combine. And see, so you generalize it. So just in case J.J. chooses not to run or not throw, you can still say he will make the strongest impression either through his interviews or, or through something else. So why do you say that? I think through his interviews, and if the top three quarterbacks aren't going to work out or throw, he did yeah. not get an opportunity to go down to the senior bowl. I give a lot of credit to Michael Penix Jr. and Bo Nix for going down there and competing, and all the quarterbacks, including your guy Spencer Rattler, uh, Pratt, everybody that went down there and competed. And I think J.J. probably would have taken that opportunity, but they just came off a national championship game, so I can understand why he may have skipped the senior bowl. But knowing him as a competitor, at least what I think he is as a competitor, he has not stated that he is not going to work out here. He is the one quarterback that has an opportunity to really make a move if he has a strong performance. And everything that I have seen on tape, I think everybody's going to come away from this combine very impressed with J.J. McCarthy. Okay, two questions. Number one, should Bo Nix and Michael Penix Jr. have worked out at the Senior Bowl? Because yes. we're, we're not saying – all we're saying is oh, everyone was average. They're the quarterbacks. I'm saying Spencer Rattler was the best, and you get upset with that. Why well, did it benefit Again, them? it's it's all media-driven BS. Oh, okay? I see. Take the whole picture. Okay. Yeah, I mean, there's not one guy that goes to the Senior Bowl and he goes from a seventh-round pick to a first-round pick or a guy that Spencer was Rattler, but go ahead. first-round pick to a seventh-round pick because he maybe didn't have a great Senior Bowl. To me, I always looked at it as this guy has an opportunity to go out and compete. They're going to throw the ball out in the yard. This guy is not going to turn it down regardless of what the situation is. I just want to go out there and play. Do you wake up in cold sweats reciting that? Because you say, I know it now. I can, I can say it by heart. Well, I've been saying it for 34 years. Okay, the other question is, if you're the and I asked our buddy Pete Prisco this earlier on HQ, if you're the Bears and you decide you want to trade down because you like the quarterback's relatively equally would rick spielman trade down far enough to stockpile picks and take jj mccarthy if the other quarterbacks are gone i would take caleb williams <laughs> okay you like jj's gonna make a great impression caleb's going first caleb's going first okay fair enough all right my bowl prediction is a little more on the field related joe milton was another quarterback that was at the senior bowl and didn't have a great week that's okay he was there maybe he interviewed well the athleticism was all over the tape, especially his arm strength. He's not as, as mobile as a Caleb Williams or J.J. McCarthy, but that's not never what's his game. You saw him play live when Tennessee uh, faced Alabama. I have, and I'm going to steal this from our buddy Chris Trapasso, who writes, uh, covers the draft for CBSSports.com. I thought it was a good one. Joe Milton's going to throw the ball at least 80 yards in the air when he's throwing in the drills. Is that bold okay. enough for you? Yeah, that's – and what does that have to do with anything about him playing quarterback in the NFL? Let me see here. Bold predictions. I don't understand it. Debo didn't explain it well enough. Well, the, the prediction that is bold is that he's going to throw a ball 80 yards, which is hard to do. Okay. Yeah. Great. 
that's a bold prediction. Do you think he can throw the ball 80 yards in the air? Do I care? Uh, by the way you're talking, I'm guessing no. <laughs> no, I can give a rat's tail <laughs> if he can throw it 80 yards or not. Great. You win your bold prediction. Now I understand why mine were Terrible. not as good as yours because I'm actually relating it to what they're going to do on I the field applaud in the you. NFL. I want to applaud you for not cursing there. I forgot to tell Debo when we were interviewing uh, Braden Fisk earlier, Pete, I mean, uh, Rick said the S word. I did not say the S word. Oh, you didn't? I thought you did. No. Are you now? Are you telling the truth? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Maybe not. Because I, I, I said, oh, boy, he got fired up. Uh, it was around the match conversation. All right. I think Joe Milton throwing the ball 80 yards is impressive. You don't care, but I think you want your quarterback to be able to throw the ball down the field, especially in okay, Hail Mary situations. Let me know the last time you've seen an 80-yard completion in the air. Any Josh Allen throw at the end of the game? I'm just 80 yards. Is, is anyone throwing the ball 80 yards down the field for a completion? Not run after catch, just 80 yards in the air and someone caught it. I don't know. The football historian, but I'll say this. And you talk about this all the time. How impressed were we at Anthony Richardson's pro day when he was throwing lasers 65, 75 yards down the field? Yeah, so what? It's great. I you, enjoy it. It's fun. It's like a circus act. Okay, that's all I'm saying. Just take it and do it on the field. I'm fine. I would love for Joe Milton to do that more consistently. But I, I like the athleticism of doing something that you might be able to throw the ball 80 yards. I can't, and I, I'm impressed by seeing him do that. All right, here's the next one. I like the first half of this one. The second half's a little rich for me. Edrin Cooper, the the uh, linebacker out of Texas A&M, who's a fun player to watch. He's at the Shrine Bowl. Rick says he will be the first linebacker off the board. Green light on that one. And a first rounder. All right, Rick, that's a little rich. Explain yourself. That's bold. Because it said bold. And when Debo, again, okay. not very clear on instructions, but I will go with a bold prediction. We're going to give I Debo think... a box of water balloons <laughs> for tomorrow and just fire match it when you start making fun of him off the off camera. I'm just saying, if this kid comes and runs into four fours. You think that's a possibility? That's a possibility with yeah, this kid. The way fine. he plays and, the fat and how fast he is. I think that if someone is looking for a linebacker, we didn't think Jack Campbell would go in the first round last year. Certainly not at this point in the process. No. So you never know after this process someone may take a swing and it, because I do believe he's a three-down linebacker. He can affect the quarterback as a rusher. He can cover. He can make plays. And for a leaner, wiry-type build, I've never seen a guy like this come in and knock running backs back yeah. in the hole. Great, fun, fun player to watch. Are you softening your edges on linebackers after what Ivan Pace Jr. did last year as an undrafted free agent? No, everybody. I, I think they get mislabeled as, and, and, and again, some of the media people that they are not as valuable, just like running backs aren't as valuable. That you can get linebackers. You go down to 7 Eleven and you can sit. Ivan find Pace a linebacker. was undrafted. I, I loved Ivan Pace. I thought he was small, but he yeah. was a good football player. But I'm just saying that. Linebackers still can have a major no, impact. No, that's right. Absolutely. And look at, just to give you an example, look at what Roquan Smith did for Baltimore and all of a sudden how much their defense elevated after they made that trade. That's true. But their franchise second, Justin Matabike. Well, but yeah. You said that all the You said, yeah. even, we were talking about the Chiefs. But you they said, extended Roquan right. Smith so they don't have to worry about it. But you're starting at the front and working your way back in terms of building the defense, right? Well, you need you want to make sure you have some corners too, but you right. got to build that front seven. Yes. Yeah. All right. My uh, final bowl prediction before we get out of here, Rick, and I'm going to sweeten the pot because I don't want to see you make your frowny face. We talked about Leatu Latu earlier. He said sub four seven. 
I'm going to say, originally I said four fives. I think he does sub four five. What's sub four five? Layatu Latu's 40 time. That he's at a four fours? Four four nine nine nine, but anything below four five. Okay. Can I bet a dollar on that? Of course you can. Debo, can we get a dollar on that? <laughs> Debo, give me, give me the nod. Yeah, That's usually bold. he's behind the window, but I see him over here to the side. Right. Is that okay to look that way, yeah, or am I going to get yelled at for looking Debo at Debo, yell at you later. <laughs> All right, well, we'll do the dollar bet on, on the edge, Cooper, being both the first rounder and the first linebacker of the board. We'll do dollar, dollar bet on sub 4 5 for Leatu Latu. Do you think Cooper or Leatu Latu will edge. be faster? Edge. That's going to be faster. He's a little, he's smaller. You want to bet another dollar that Cooper runs faster than Latu? No, I just told you he's going to be faster. Who? I think Cooper's going to be faster. Okay. Yeah. yeah and you said four fours for Cooper, possibly. Yes. And one last thing I'll throw out there, uh, a bonus one. Peyton Wilson, who we spoke with, uh, overcame injuries, older player, but he also has an edge to him. Sub four five for him. I'm going to say four fives, not under four five. Okay. All right. Faster Latu or Peyton Wilson, the linebacker at NC State? Oh, so you're not even far off from me. All right. That's it, Rick. Rick has only had a cookie and a Danish today, and it is, what, <laughs> 6 p.m. as we're wrapping this thing up. So he's uh, he needs to get something to eat. That's it for day two at the Combine. Rick Spielman. Debo's right over there. You can't see him. And tomorrow we're going to see some guys on the field, Rick, so we'll have something else to talk about. The quarterbacks are coming through here soon. Until then, see you guys later.